All right, Monday Night Football will determine whether this NFC West race is still a fight to the finish or whether the Arizona Cardinals are going to represent the division and potentially be the number one overall seed in the NFC. Welcome to Rams All Access to Marco Farr, J.B. Long. At least we go to the desert with Ooh. the Rams showing some signs of life. What did you learn from that win over the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, wow. This offensive line is is resilient, tough, um, unbelievable. Um Sean McVay, I think, is one hell of a coach. And forget the points. Forget what he scores and, you know, the highlight real plays. I mean, just pulling your team out of a three-game stretch where you're losing and then to turn it all around and then get right against Jacksonville and how you did it. I, I think it's been tremendous. And we've said this before, man. I mean, Halloween, this was a completely different football team than it is now. And to get all these these egos and everything in line and – bring back the we not me I, I thought that was amazing so yeah this team this offensive line this entire unit um it's not over yet you, you, if you had a bad taste in your mouth leaving green bay then i, I hope set, uh, sunday just washed it away mm-hmm. in, in sofi I joked, I think, at one point, either on or off the air, I can't recall about it being like a, a crowdsource game plan, right? Like, this is what the fan base has been clamoring for, demanding, run the football, run the football, control the clock, you know, these kind of football cliches. Was it that? Was it was it caving to the uh, whims of the audience, or was it just the most sensible thing to do, given the construct of the current roster and the opponent that was Jacksonville? Maybe a little both, a little both. Uh, I do know, like, coaches in particular. I'm a big fan of head coaches, love reading about them, talking to them. These guys are stubborn. They wouldn't be head coaches without being stubborn. So your stuff you think is going to work against anybody and everybody. And even if it doesn't, you're going to stick with it. But at some point, you're going to have to change up. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to adapt. I think that's what you saw Mm -hmm. this weekend with the offense and bringing in the extra offensive tackle, running the football. Maybe we talked about this off air. Sonny Michelle is the lead back and Daryl Henderson as the change of pace guy. That might be the way this Speaking thing is close cliches, to go. I mean, thunder and lightning is lining up for a perfect storm right here in December. Not, No doubt. And it is it is thunder. You bring the rumble before the lightning. So, And I think Sony Michelle brings that rumble. I, I like the way he runs it. He's very comfortable in short spaces and small spaces. And Daryl Henderson's a guy that could go from anywhere. So I like it with Sony Michelle as the lead back. And Daryl Henderson is kind of the... You know, change of pace guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember what the first question I was? I asked you when uh, you walked in on, on Monday. Was it was it the Rams or was it the Jags? Basically uh, getting to the gist of the question, which was, I understand the skepticism. That's like, okay, that's how it looks against a two-win team. I'm going to wait and see what it looks like against a two-loss team. True. Okay. I mean, let's wait for Arizona. We'll see what happens there. But Jacksonville, I thought they they played as well as they can play. And especially their defense versus the offense. I didn't see a lot of busts on defense. I saw a team taking it to the other team along the line of scrimmage and dominating that. Mm-hmm. The other side is true, too. Uh, I, I thought that Lawrence was a little bit better than I thought. He's very athletic, but the Rams' defensive line absolutely ate that O-line up, so it wasn't what they were doing wrong. It was what the Rams were doing right all over the field. And there's no shame in beating the teams and the quarterbacks you're supposed to beat. You can make a nice long living in the NFL by beating teams at or below 500. You know, I, look, uh, there are some defenses that, that can't stop anybody. Some defenses are really struggling, but you know, you, you have to be nuanced against this defense. Let's just be honest. I mean, Aaron Rodgers gave you fits because he's great. He can look you off. He can turn you different ways, kind of like what Matthew Stafford does. Uh, Lawrence is a rookie quarterback. He's going to stare down receivers, and the offense is kind of basic. You have no shot against this defense when you're playing like that. So uh, they were breaking on footballs. Aaron Donald was being Aaron Donald. The entire defensive line was, 
getting after him. So, yeah, I mean, that was a team that went back to work after leaving Green Bay and brought their A game. To me, this is what boxers say after they beat up, a, I guess, a run-of-the-mill opponent. That could have been anybody if the Rams play that way. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access. It is already week 14, and it's time for Monday Night Football, a trip to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Might be the first of a couple trips the Rams make to the desert as the playoff seating lines up right now. Would not at all be surprised if the Arizona Cardinals are able to capitalize on their lead in the NFC West, have home field throughout the postseason, and the Rams could very well earn a chance to go back to play them in Glendale twice. So what in terms of a message sent potential might this week have in store to let the Cardinals know that you would be a tough out if it comes to that? Uh, I doubt. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be impressed. They were impressed the first time when they played the Rams. They just outplayed the Rams. And, you know, the Cardinals are, like you said, they're a nine-win team for a reason. They're good. Um, I'm not I'm not sure they're going to be impressed by the Rams beating up on Jacksonville, but there are some things you're going to have to take note of, as in Aaron Donald playing the way he played. Uh, when you look at the offensive line and you add Joe Noteboom to that mix, I mean, that's going to change everything defensively. This is a new-look Rams offense that you're going to have to prepare for and hope you have enough guys to contend with up the gut. And Sony Michelle's going to turn heads. Hmm. That's a little bit different now. I mean, you're going to have to be physical up the gut. No longer is it going to be good enough, or at least it wasn't on Sunday. It wasn't good enough just to be in the right gap. You're going to have to be in the right gap and then make the tackle on a guy that's running like that. So that changes a lot. We'll hear from Sonny Michelle coming up in this edition of Rams All Access, plus four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory for the latest on the Cardinals. DeMarco? I need a question. So let's say the Rams go down there on Monday night and win. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals still hold sway? Yeah. Even though you both have nine wins? That's, uh, boy, that's where the San Francisco loss really hurt. That's where the Green Bay loss was kind of like an all-in, go-forward affair because not only does Arizona have a couple of games cushioned in the loss column, they also for now have the head-to-head. You're talking about potentially evening that score. Correct. But they're still in such a good position with their tiebreakers, namely their record within the NFC West, that it's going to be very difficult to overcome that. It might require winning out. So going to Green Bay, I said the Rams may have margin for one more loss coming out of their bye, but it better not be within the NFC West. Okay, so you're going to have to went out and hope Arizona keeps losing, beat them on Monday night, keep winning, and Arizona has to lose again and again Correct to catch them. Okay, that makes sense. It's not looking good for any tiebreakers. You have to come out ahead of them in the one-loss record. That's a hell of a carrot. Chase them down. You know, absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, take care of business against the next opponent, them, and then we'll see what the football gods bring you. That being said, there seem to be the seeds of a newfound identity or at least a more diverse identity in that win over Jacksonville that I think makes the Rams a more difficult prep to your previous point and is one that can go win anywhere, including Green Bay, in the snow if necessary come January. Am I wrong? No, no, no. That's like that uh, game plan travels. You can pack definitely. that three-phase execution from Sunday and win anywhere. This is where you unpack the snow chains. You know what I mean? Sony Michelle's like the snow chains of an offense. And the way the offensive line came off the football, and I have to give a shout-out to Brian Baldinger about position blocking. Uh Uh-oh, here it comes. I mean, he started a a fire back in the day. But, okay, no removal. How do you like that removal? How do you like the way they blocked this time? They actually got some space knocking people off the football. And Sony Michelle, the way he runs, so tight so disciplined to the whole as a defender you've got to come off a block and then get your head in the right place to stop him or he's going to run through you for four 
And if you're if you're late, he's going to run through you for for seven, mm-hmm. possibly more. So that changes the math defensively. You're going to have to be a little bit faster at the point of attack to stop that running attack when it's like that. Am I am I right to think or to say that? what the Rams did last week was such a departure from what they had been working on for the first 11 months of this calendar year that it really is a testament to the coaches and the players in this facility for the work that they put in to put that product on display. I think I, I so. Mean, yeah, I think so. No Big offense, time. but like Bryson Hopkins, Kendall Blanton, Ben Skoranek, Joe Nopum as a six lineman, Coleman Shelton at center, Bobby Evans at guard, like that hasn't been repped together. Like that no. was that was not what you've invested in. Odell Beckham Jr. being a party receiver rotation. Like this is all training camp fresh. No in doubt. A lot of ways. Well, the O line doesn't surprise me the way they work, and we've said this Why? just because it's technique and fundamentals. Well, and- game day, the guys that aren't playing. That workout they do on Sunday, the inactive players, is right. harder than anything they do during the week. So I'm, I'm not surprised by plug and play. And watching Bobby Evans come off the bench without a blink. I mean, it, it did not bother him. He wasn't shocked by it. He was prepared for it, went in and played his reps until Edwards got healthy and came back. Coleman Shelton stepping in. He doesn't know if Brian Allen's coming back, but didn't miss a beat. And they didn't change anything on the offense with a new center. Right. That, That's amazing. So you come into a game thinking, you know what? We're going to use some three tight end sets today. We're going to play some jumbo package. Okay, boom. First play of the game, your center goes down. Right. Moments later, you lose a guard. There's a parallel universe that exists where the Rams go right back to square one and they just revert to their 11 personnel, you know, shotgun. Go with what you know, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Right. But they did. They doubled down on it. And the advantage of returning an opening kick 65 yards and grabbing a 3 nothing lead and then a takeaway and a 10 nothing lead is you've got some margin. And that's what the Rams had been lacking for all of November was any margin to be patient, to see that vision through. To a win. No doubt. To a 30-point blowout win. You call that a takeaway what Aaron Donald did? I mean, that's more like a rip-away or... I mean, it. he took away more than the football. <laughs> right. I he, mean, you might as well let that souls. thing go. Yeah, take that... You might. You have to let the ball go or he's going to take your arm off. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just... And I look, I, I watched every snap of the defense, and then I had to watch it twice because I want to watch Aaron again. He won every rep again. Every single rep, he was a factor. If you ran it at him, he's in the backfield. If you ran away... He's still a factor. Can I tell you something that may or may not blow your mind? That was the highest graded game of his career from Pro Football Focus. It was. A service that loves him more than any other player they've ever graded. What did they, what's the grade? 85 and chain. Or sorry, 95 and chain. 95. That's, dude, I mean, I don't know how you coach off that. I really don't. I don't know how you coach like, hey, hey guys, do what he's doing. It's impossible to win that many times, but... Greg Gaines is doing his best I was say. to be Aaron Donald Jr. That is a nice little... He continues to elevate that entire position group. Absolutely, yes. Uh, what do they call them? A, a bunch of demented runs. Uh, they're both under 6'2 and just absolutely just maniacs in there. I love it. We're going to have to come up with a name for Sony Michelle because he has stepped into a featured role now in the Rams' backfield. We'll hear from him coming up. But when we return, Sean McVay comments on Sony's impact as the lead back and what Daryl Henderson might be able to add when he returns from his leg injury. It's Monday Night Football in the week ahead. Week 14 back in the NFC West, Rams and Cardinals from Glendale. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. I think those guys are really good complements of one another. I think it was definitely illustrating what a rhythm runner Sony is and how that can kind of have a compounding effect on the opposing defense. But getting Daryl back is going to make us better. And, you know, you talk about expanding on some of the personnel groupings. Hey, who's to say you can't have both those guys in the game together at the same time? And 
Um, those are creative things that, that we're going to look to expand upon moving forward. That was Sean McVay earlier this week on the Coach McVay show. They may have stumbled upon something, and what I mean by that is a uh, new pecking order in their running back rotation, which is not to take anything away from Daryl Henderson. I think with Sony Michelle tenderizing defenses, Daryl might actually play some of his best football down the stretch for the Rams. I agree. Uh, if, if you can eliminate some of the the heavy lifting from Daryl Henderson's plates or, or his workload when he doesn't have to take those P and 10, first and 10 runs where, you know, it's it's obvious run. You know, he's a smaller guy. You bring in Sonny Michelle to challenge a defense. You know, without Miles Jack, I, I think he might have had 200 yards. I mean, he was the toughest guy to block. He's he's a great linebacker, but Sonny Michelle challenged every single linebacker and safety in the hole. Dropped his shoulder, dropped his head. I mean absolutely gave it to defenders. I mean, that fires up everybody on the sidelines, fires up the stands, fires up your defense. You're standing right behind the rest of the 53-man roster and coaching staff. What did it mean to them? I mean, these are not explosive plays, DeMarco. These are four, five, six-yard rips. But why do they mean so much? You can hear it. I mean, it's it's physical. I mean, when you know, when you're standing out there field level and Jacksonville or whoever you're playing has got eight in the box – and they drop that safety down. I mean, they break the huddle, and the safety doesn't leave the line of scrimmage. You know what they're doing. They're, they're telling you, you can't run the football check to a pass. And then you run it anyway. And not only do you beat the defense, you beat the defense up for plus four, plus five, plus six, plus seven. You get into the third and fourth quarter. I mean, he's starting to leave guys, leave bodies in his wake. That's a guy wearing you down absolutely wearing you down that's an offense doing its job so that's the stuff that gets you fired up when you start to see the defense that you're playing against get up with their hands on their hips shaking their head that stuff jacks you up on the sideline I mean it gives everybody confidence look what he's doing look what he's giving us let me go out and do what I can for him to support him and it translated into far fewer snaps for the Rams defense from which they extracted I think much more productive play before we get to Ernest Jones and some of the others that stood out and what that means for the game ahead, I think it's the most poignant because you're facing now one of the best offenses in the league. To overcome Arizona, so often it's the opponent that's trying to keep the football away from Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. They might need to dole out some of their own medicine against the likes of Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Probably. You um, might continue to protect your defense. Slow it down and, and pound the football, keep Kyler Murray on the bench, and... Hopefully you score like you do, and then it changes their game plan. They have to open it up to throw to keep up. Well, that's what you want when you have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd, and now Greg Gaines coming the other way. That's exactly what you want. That's where you want Kyler Murray to be. When he has the benefit to hide behind his run game and then throw when he wants to, you've got no shot to stop him. But when it's one-dimensional, he's trying to keep up with Matthew Stafford in the offense, and it's an all-passing game. I'll take my chances with the Rams defense. Here's the thing. You still pass for 303 passing touchdowns. Yeah. You had your cake and you ate it too. <laughs> right. It was good. <laughs> I mean, isn't that amazing? Yeah. You still get touchdowns from Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Odell Beckham. You spread the football around. Cooper Cup stays on his all-pro pace. Like, it's not always going to look like that because you're not always going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's why I think so many of us were excited by that win is because for so long there's been clamoring from the outside about a certain way to play. But more importantly, from the inside, it seemed like they embraced an identity that can take them a long way. Well, look, if if you get the defense to collapse, collapse and, and at least buy into we have to stop the run, it's going to open up the passing game. 
Which is great. I mean, look, they're they're making hay when teams know you're throwing at 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. Bring that down to, you know, 50-50. And it's a shock when it's play action. Think about what you can do with this with these receivers in this quarterback then. And just for a hot minute, let's just step out of what we do for one minute and just be fans. I read this today. If the Steelers make the playoffs and uh, is it T.J. Watt has if he's threatening the sack record, should he get MVP votes? Okay, well the same might be true for Cooper Cup here. If you get into the playoffs and he keeps ripping off what he's ripping off. I'm not sure that that you and I will live to see a non-quarterback win the MVP again in this league. But I will say, as much as at any other point this season, I believe that Cooper Cup can be the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year. Remember when Todd Gurley was a deserving MVP at the end of that 2017 season? I do. And they gave it to someone named Tom Brady, I think, if memory serves. But they still gave Todd the offensive, right? They're like, the MVP, is it goes to the best quarterback. Let's be serious. But we'll be willing to consider someone like Watt, right? Or someone like Cooper Cup or whomever else from another position for some of these top honors. I could see that happening. It's just, I mean, uh, during the broadcast, when uh, w- we, you said that Cooper Cup still has, doesn't have a catch through the first quarter. I'm like, oh, here we go well, again. Well, there's another thing that I yeah, love about yeah. that game yesterday. So I, I have to get to Ernest Jones, and we will in a yeah. second. But another one of the, I think, sticking points coming out of Green Bay was hanging on Cooper Cup too long, right? Right. It led to a pick six. Correct. They showed on... In week 13 Sunday, they were willing to go an entire quarter without force-feeding the ball to Cooper Cup, and he's still going to get to his record-setting threshold. Still got his. I mean, if you like you said, you run the football, maybe they found the formula, and you allowed yourself to expand and evolve. You bring in 13, 12, 13 personnel. You get the defense to believe that you can run the ball against them. It opens everything up in the passing game. I thought that was tremendous coaching and a great game plan. I really did. And that's what you needed for your defense to play like it did. Okay, let's go there. Yeah. Right in the middle, I think one of the big concerns coming out of Green Bay is can you go to the playoffs? Can you beat the likes of Arizona, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Green Bay if you've got a sore spot right in the middle of your coverage? Did did Jones answer any of those questions or was Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and Daryl Belville just not nearly enough of a threat to know one way or another. Wow. Okay. Um, I thought the defense played great. Take nothing away from them. I thought the D-line absolutely just ate their lunch. But, I mean, that's a limited offense. That's a rookie quarterback. Uh, They're doing things to protect him, and he's still learning. Now, Kyler Murray's a whole different animal. You saw what Aaron Rodgers can do. He can look you off. He can can pick on the weak, so to speak. So that's going to come back around on Monday night those same problems you had in Green Bay, those same coverage issues, Arizona will find ways to spread you out and make you cover with guys you don't want to cover with. So uh, that's still going to be an issue. But what we saw and how they got after Trevor Lawrence and made him have to move off his spot constantly, that's the stuff that hides coverage issues. Sure. When your quarterback has to move, find ways to survive, and then find people down the field. That gives your coverage uh, your, your coverage guys a chance to stick a little bit longer. If they're beat initially off the first move, recover and get back into coverage. That's what Rodgers did not give you in Green Bay. But you didn't have this same sort of rush that you had against Jacksonville. And you didn't have Dylan and Jones to contend with. Right. So it's a different animal. But can you get away with against Arizona having this dime linebacker look with Taylor Rapp down and Nick 
Scott in the back and playing more three safety and putting some of your better coverage elements out there. If you guarantee me that Ashawn Robinson brings it like he brought it, Greg Gaines continues to get better and AD is AD. I mean, if you get that, you can do whatever you want defensively. Mm-hmm. You can be a little more gamey and tricky trying to cover guys up. But like I said, Arizona's smart. Kyler Murray's smart. They'll find ways to get the matchups that you don't want on the field. Two plays that uh, come back from week four to my mind, third and 16, third and 14. Kyler converted them both. That was one of the reasons why they were able to get a SoFi Stadium with a win. Now, I think the Rams are a much different team than they were back then coming off of that 3-0 start and an emotional win over Tampa Bay. But I'm sure Arizona is too, and and they continue to, I think, make some great improvements and look like a team of destiny. When Colt McCoy goes and gets two road division wins while Kyler is out, when they're 7-0 and away from home and all of those wins are by double digits, they've got some good ingredients there. They're, they're cooking there in no Arizona. Doubt. Yeah. Um, but if you get a second crack at them like you do, what are you doing differently against Kyler this time around? Uh, well, um, how do we... Uh, I guess rushing reckless, but with a purpose. There's a few plays. Uh, just Sunday versus Jacksonville where you've heard us talk about lane integrity. Well, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to see it live where you have a defensive end, Von Miller coming inside on a pass rush, and Greg Gaines instinctively steps out to cover him and then gets pressure on the quarterback and keeps him in. That's the stuff you didn't have against Kyler Murray when he exploited you and just found holes to pick you apart. So... Hopefully that changes. And the other thing that impresses me about Arizona, Kyler Murray has always been impressive. Their running game, John Connor, is, has been phenomenal for them. He fits into that, to that offense so well, and he keeps you off balance. But if you can eliminate him the way you did the run game this past game, mm-hmm. then you force Kyler Murray to be Superman. And nobody's that good to win it just by yourself throwing the football and running by yourself. And it sounds like there's a chance they could get Chase Edmonds back for this game. Still a bit early in the week for final injury report news. But in the meantime, James Conner looked like the workhorse. Oh, James Conner, excuse me. Yep, in in that win in Chicago in much different conditions, of course, at Mm -hmm. Soldier Field than we're going to see in Glendale this weekend. All right, let's get the latest on the Cardinals next when we come back with four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. And then still to come on Rams All Access, we had a sit down with Sony Michelle earlier this week. He's going to give us a, a little bit of a course in yards after contact Ooh. his philosophy on breaking tackles and why it helped the rams offense so much in week 13 plus our playoff eliminator contest before we're done with demarco far i'm jb long anticipating monday night football a trip to arizona to take on the cardinals for the second time this season you're listening to 710 espn Welcome back to Rams All Access. I'm JB Long previewing week 14, the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals in the desert. It's Monday Night Football, and it's a rematch of the Cardinals' win in week four at SoFi Stadium. DeMarco Farr will be back momentarily. We'll look around the NFC West and have the latest installment of our Playoff Eliminator contest. But first, let's do four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. And earlier today, I was actually in Phoenix and had a chance to catch up with with my counterpart, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, Dave Pash. You know his work from ESPN, does a phenomenal job with college football and their NBA package, and so much more. So here is Four Down Territory with Dave Pash. Dave, thanks for spending some time with us this week. 
Great to be with you, JB, and people that listening have no idea, but we're actually doing this from your rental car in Phoenix. People should know that this is the future of broadcasting right here. <laughs> Two play-by-play guys sitting in a car outside of Starbucks, all these people walking by wondering what we're doing, talking into a microphone. That's right. Monday Night Football, not until uh, after the weekend here in the Valley of the Sun, but we're here on a Thursday. Just could not wait anticipating this matchup. So it's been since week four, since the Rams and the Cardinals have connected. If you had to boil it down, to the biggest difference in the Arizona Cardinals since that win at SoFi Stadium. What's changed with Arizona, Dave? Well, JB, I don't know how much has really changed because they were pretty good that day. I think the defense has gotten better, even though the defense was really good then. The defense is right now, I think, the best thing about the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is an MVP candidate. Cliff is a Coach of the Year candidate. But the defense has transformed them into a real Super Bowl contender. And I think back then, you knew the Cardinals were good. They had blown out Tennessee. They blew out the Rams on the road. But I don't know that people knew how good the defense was. You knew they were talented offensively, but I think we're starting to learn that, you know, they have a chance to be elite defensively. They're certainly top five, and maybe they're as good as anybody defensively in the league. Hmm. Let's talk about Kyler Murray, because when he has been right, he's been a problem. When he has been compromised, he's been a bit more human. Coming off of that injury stretch, coming off a win in Chicago, where do you think he's at physically? Well, I think he's 100% physically. I think they were very careful with him as an organization. It was an organizational decision on when Kyler would come back. He wanted to come back sooner, but I feel in talking to people around the team that they just wanted to be sure. And whether that was Seattle before the bye or after the bye, you know, they were able to win two games with Colt McCoy. They had the one loss, but it wasn't really on him. Things just got out of hand early and it was pretty much over from there after the first quarter against Carolina. So Kyler's good. He's hundred percent. Just watching the bears game. He ran 10 times. A lot of that was scrambling. Some of it was called run play. So he's good. Not sure about Deandre Hopkins. You know, he didn't play as much as he normally would, but at least he played. So from a health standpoint, I think the Cardinals are good offensively and Kyler, look, his completion percentage, I mean, he's on track to set a record. If he keeps going, uh, you know, he's had an MVP caliber season, no doubt. You know, his voice from his work on ESPN, college football, NBA coverage, and so much more. He's also the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Dave Pash is our guest this week on Four Down Territory. So in terms of what's changed with the Rams, as recently as last week, they've got this newfound identity, a downhill smash mouth rushing attack, two, sometimes three tight ends, six offensive linemen when they bring Joe Nopeman in the formation, and Sony Michelle rather than Daryl Henderson as the lead back. I honestly, Dave, don't know if Sean McVay intends to commit to the run the way that he did against Jacksonville last week. But let's just say hypothetically, that's the style he wants to play on Monday Night Football. Are the Cardinals defensively equipped to combat that? Well, the way to beat the Cardinals is to run the ball because the Cardinals have not been great against the run. And it also keeps Kyler Murray on the sideline. I think the Cardinals, there still are some question marks at inside linebacker. Zayvon Collins isn't playing a lot. He was starting early in the year. Jordan Hicks just won defensive player of the week. Uh, Isaiah Simmons has definitely grown as a linebacker in year two. And they still have some guys that are banged up on that defensive line. So I would say that's, if you're going to draw up a formula to beat the Cardinals. The way to do it is possess the ball, run the ball, keep Kyler on the sideline. So you look at 
the Jacksonville game, for example, the Cardinals won that game, but Jacksonville ran the ball well. That was of the road games. The Cardinals are perfect on the road. The one game they struggled in the most was at Jacksonville because of the way they ran the ball. Green Bay was able to possess the ball, obviously, of Aaron Rodgers, and the Cardinals still had a chance to win that game at the end. But for the Rams to come in and beat the Cardinals, who have not been great at home this year, that's that's the way to do it. Pound it and then hope that uh, Kyler spends two-thirds of the game on the sideline. You are playing to your audience, Dave. That's exactly what the Rams fans want to hear. Now, when we come on Monday night, I've always found Glendale to be one of the loudest venues in the league. But there haven't always been big stakes when the Rams and Cardinals get together in the Valley of the Sun. That's no longer the case. This is a huge one. A win for Arizona was essentially wrap up the West and punch their playoff ticket. I saw the massive rating for the win over the Bears on TV over the weekend. How is this community rallying around the Cardinals and what will it feel like on Monday night? When the Cardinals are good, it's a Cardinals town. I think of back in 2008, the Super Bowl run, 2015, where they played the Packers here in the playoffs, even 2009, when they beat Aaron Rodgers here in the playoffs the year after the Super Bowl. The stadium gets incredibly loud. I would expect that for Monday Night Football. When you have the best record in the league, it catches on. It's kind of like the Suns. The Suns are really good right now. They had a finals run last year. The arena's full, it's loud, it, it, people are into it. When things aren't good, people find other things to do, probably similar to L.A. So I would expect it, though, to be rocking on Monday. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, will have to uh, wrap up four-down territory because uh, Starbucks is calling uh, parking lot security <laughs> and uh, our spot needs to be vacated. So thank you for joining me in the rental car to preview Monday Night Football. You got it, my man. All right, Dave Pash. And we're back with DeMarco Farr to finish Rams All Access after this on 710. ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. We'll take a look around the NFC West in our playoff eliminator contest in just a moment. But uh, Sony Michelle has stepped into a leading role all of a sudden in the Rams' backfield. And part of the reason why the Rams designed the game plan that they did to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars is because of Sony's reliable reputation for finishing through contact, turning no gain into plus three, plus three into plus five, always falling forward and keeping the Rams' offense on or ahead of schedule. And so I asked Sony about his philosophy when it comes to yards after contact. It starts with Coach Thomas Brown kind of emphasizing so much of pad level, um, you know, just limiting the surface that these guys, the defenders are hitting. Uh, pad level driving through contact and a lot of people try to say you know defenders are supposed to be the 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 physical ones but as running backs we try to we like to be the physical ones we like to deliver the bro so we're trying to run through contact and just keep your feet moving so when you see a game plan come together last week like the one you just put on display against the Jags, i'm talking about six linemen three tight ends sometimes the jumbo packages what's your thought process what's that like uh just lets me know it's going to be a physical game uh, we're going to try to run the ball, get downhill, um, you know, and basically just try to get some yards on the ground. Well, that's exactly what played out. More blockers naturally means heavier boxes, right? And there are some backs that prefer lighter boxes. Say, hey, spread it out. Let's go out of 11. Let me find some daylight. You seem to be at the other end of the spectrum. You seem to thrive on congestion and traffic. Is that true? Do you like running out of heavier sets? Um and not necessarily. I don't really have a preference. I mean, obviously, any running back would want to run with the ladder box. But, I mean, if they stack the box, that's a good thing. I mean, you've done sure. something right. What is it like from your vantage point behind Matthew Stafford, let's just say, when you are looking across the scrimmage and you've got seven, eight Jaguars to contend with? 
Um, I mean, just knowing that whatever play was called, I'm sure it was, you know, the right play call. You know, I have so much trust in, you know, Coach McVay, mm -hmm. um, Matthew Stafford, you know, making the right checks, making the right mic points. So really for me, it's more me being at ease knowing this is the perfect play for that defense. So I really have no worries. Right. Can you feel your impact over the course of four quarters? And when I say your impact, of course, that's inclusive. It means your offensive line. It means your tight ends, your receivers who are paving the way for you. When you're hammering away over the course of a game like that, trying to break an opponent's will, is, is that a real dynamic that you can sense between the lines? Uh, definitely. Um, in this league, you want to try to – the whole goal is to run the football and on defense is to stop the run. Mm -hmm. And when a team is, you know, struggling to stop the run, eventually you're going to break their will as long as you just keep pounding, and I think that's what we did. You know, chasing quarterbacks is one thing. You almost feel sorry for hitting those guys, but running backs versus the defense is personal. Which guy wears down first? Because we're trying to drill him. We are. And guys like Sony Michelle, they understand that, and they're also delivering the football. This is something that most people don't know. They think because you have the football, you're trying to run away from the defense. No, when you have the ball, it gives you license to run into people like Sony Michelle does. So eventually, you've heard Marshawn Lynch say this, I'll just run through your face over and over and over. Eventually, you get tired of that, and you do. Sony Michelle has that same sort of mentality. I love the way he, he runs the ball. I love the way he ran the ball. I hope we see that again on Monday night. 24 carries, most as a Ram, most since his rookie season when he had 25 as a member of the Patriots organization against the Miami Dolphins. All right, this week, the NFC West slate not only has the Rams and the Cardinals as the featured matchup on Monday night football, but the Seahawks coming off a home win over San Francisco go to Houston, and the Niners are back on the road to take on the Bengals. Isn't it just crazy how the NFC West kind of eats at itself Seattle no matter how bad their season is going has San Francisco's number and look we've lived it too no yeah. matter how much the Rams have to play for and how little for San Francisco they've been a thorn in the Rams side it's a fun division isn't it just because of that but I mean look Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are always a problem but imagine them as the spoiler the party crashers that's scary you got to get through Seattle to make it to the playoffs I mean that's what they love to do. If they can't make it, they want to ruin it for you. And, and San Francisco, look, I mean, that is a puzzle that we still haven't figured out yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, those, those yeah. are future problems. Seattle's <laughs> right around the corner, but there's a very real scenario where the Seahawks coming off of that, I think, life-giving win against the Niners, go to Houston, put the hammer down on them, and come to SoFi thinking they've still got something to play for. Wow. By the end of this uh, regular season. Not dead yet. Um, <laughs> speaking of not dead yet, uh, some of the – some of the teams on my uh, playoff eliminator <laughs> <laughs> list are uh, showing signs of life, DeMarco. I'm worried about the Washington football team being in as it stands. I'm worried about the resurgent Indianapolis Colts. Let's uh, quickly run down for our audience uh, who we each have. This is our weekly contest to try and pick teams that are not going to make the postseason. <laughs> Whoever comes away with the most of them at the end of the uh, year is the winner, unless you pick a team that makes the playoff field seven in each conference. It gets a little bit harder. Uh, DeMarco has nine teams. Jets, Giants, Seahawks, Eagles, Falcons, Vikings, Browns, Bears, and you took the Saints last week. The Saints are five and seven. I've got eight teams. Lions got their first win. Houston, Miami, the Jags, the Washington football team, the Indianapolis Colts, Carolina, and I took Pittsburgh last week before they went and won, of course, still their 6-5-1. Uh, this week, I am going with... 
the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Six and six going to face Kansas City. You know, that, I'm gonna bring yeah. it, bring it even nine apiece. I, I give that team those players a whole lot of credit. They've been through a lot. All right, they hung in there as long as they could, but that's just way too many distractions to to get right and then make a postseason run when all your opponent has to do is prepare to kick your butt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's 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 tough. In that division, especially. Yeah. A quality, quality division. So I've got nine to match your nine. You can make a pick this week, or you can say, I'm going to wait and see how the results roll in on week 14. No, I'm good. I'm good. And this is, I'm, I'm enjoying this game a lot more than I thought I would. This is, this is well, a I'm, lot more than I should. I know why, because you're, I said this year, <laughs> you can just sit on 16 right now. There's no reason for you to hit because. No, I'm good. If I'm you, I'm looking at Washington football team and the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm saying, I'm just going to let JB, you know. Wow. Take it on the chin. I don't need any more. Yeah. Well, let him lose. I, not because I might win. I'm happy Carson Wentz is back in the mix. I thought he was great. I liked him when he was coming out of school. And the Washington football team, again, not dead yet. Aren't they on the Rams' heels? Uh, so kind of, sort of. I will say the playoff bubble softened last week. There were some good results, including, uh, let's see, Atlanta losing, San Francisco losing, Minnesota losing. The Washington football team, here, here's the thing about the NFC East, is they start to go head-to-head. Here. Ah, okay. For instance, they play host to Dallas this week. Okay. And so the, there's a real question whether or not there's room for a second NFC East team as a wild card, given how many head-to-heads they have with Washington, Philadelphia, Dallas and New York the rest of the way. Obviously, the champion is going to be a you know a home playoff team on right. wild card weekend. Right now, it looks like Dallas. But if Washington plays so well that they're going to be a problem, they might overtake the Cowboys. We'll see. Wow. A lot to be decided. I, I love think this stuff. More so in that division than almost any other, uh, at least to my eye, uh, because of how many head-to-heads they have left. Anyway, final thought on the Arizona Cardinals, because here's a game that essentially could clinch not just their playoff spot, but the West. If they win, if they beat the Rams, for all intents and purposes, they won the West. I'm Look, the first time it was a, a Class A butt whooping. I was impressed. I gave them all the props, but I want to see how they do against the rematch against the Rams in the rematch. So we'll see if, if the Rams can play like they did versus Jacksonville, bring that same intensity, that same game plan and that same attention, the detail versus Arizona. I, I will take the Rams over Arizona any day of the week. So let's hope we're right on Monday night. I have a feeling this is game two of three mm. in the season long series. I like the way you think. We shall see. It's always a fun trip when we go to Phoenix. It is one of the uh, most underrated road environments in the league it is really loud in there and in most of my experiences it's been really loud in there when they didn't have a whole lot to play for true now that they are the team with the best record in the nfl i think it's gonna be quite a challenge to walk into there in prime time and come out with a win but it's one that i think the rams are now up for and and that i have more confidence in them being able to handle based off of what we saw at sofi stadium last weekend all right for demarco far i'm jb long hope you'll join us on monday night football here on 710 espn